Hi, Jack. How are you doing? Hey, Bert. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh, very good. It's hiding from the weather at the moment, at time of recording. It's disgusting. How is it where you are? Yeah, I've literally, because I'm round at my friend Luke's house recording this today, because we're getting windows fitted at my house. And Luke doesn't have a kettle. Right. So uh, he doesn't drink tea or coffee, which I don't think I've ever gone to a house that doesn't have a kettle. I don't trust So before people. we did this, I thought I'm going to nip out and get coffee. And it absolutely pissed it down. Yeah. So I'm, I'm drenched. <laughs> You're so drenched. that's typical. And it's all Luke's fault. What are you up to? I've, uh, I've, I've hidden today. All I've done today is I applied for some resting jobs this morning. And I've got a good ragu on. I've got a ragu sauce on, yeah. So at some point, I might have to turn it down a little bit because I don't want it to get, you know, too, yes. too crap. Two things I'd say to that. Firstly, congrats on using the word ragu as opposed to sauce. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I yeah. think that's a good application. Yeah. Secondly, I don't think a ragu can be cooked too long in my experience. So I think turning down, letting it go longer, you're only going to reap the benefits of that. Low and slow, just keep it going. Low and slow. Okay. Brilliant. Anyway, uh, should we crack on? Because this is going to be a, a really fun chat. Yes, I'm very we've got, uh, our guest is here ready. So uh, yes, introduction time. It's Stage Door Athletic with Jack Loxton and Rob Shaw Cameron. Please take your seats. Kickoff is about to commence. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by a sports broadcasting legend on Stage Door Athletic. You have all seen him on your TVs or heard him on your radios, either presenting some of the sporting world's most prestigious events or keeping us company on those lazy Sunday mornings on BBC Radio 2. A proud Welshman hailing from Cardiff, he has studied Welsh, politics and later broadcast journalism. He began his journalistic career on BBC Wales Today, where he soon became anchor for the local news. But in 2013, he became known for running us through the goals as and when they come in, alongside the likes of Danny Mills, Dion Dublin and Garth Crooks on the BBC's final score. He's also taken presenting duties on none other than Match of the Day. He now even has a college academy named after him. The Jason Mohammed Academy at the Cardiff and Vale College gives students advice and tips on everything journalistic from interviewing, making showreels and even podcast tips. So yes, me and Rob are enrolling in due course. Ladies and gentlemen, we're thrilled to have him here. All round legend of the game, Mr. Jason Mohammed. Amazing. Yes. Wow. <laughs> what an introduction. Jack and Rob. <laughs> I wrote that really well, yeah, didn't I? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. It's normally you reading those sort of things out, Jack, isn't it? can you do all my intros? Is that okay from now on? <laughs> Mate, I've got a lot of time on my hand between ragu sources and doing nothing much else, so 100%. But... I have to say, though, I mean, who doesn't have a kettle? <laughs> I mean, that's the question of the day. Who does not own a kettle? Yeah, What's oh, all that about? I know, right? Well, my mate Luke. For God's sake, unbelievable. Come on, Luke, sort it out. Sort it out. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good to have you join us, Jason. It's really, no, really good to spend Rob. the time. Thank and it's, um, we've got to go back to the beginning. We're growing up in South Wales. It's a cliche. We think of rugby 
and singing. Mm. How present was that in your life growing up as a lad in, in South Wales? Yeah, well, I grew up in Cardiff on a very big council estate. In fact, Rob, at the time, it was Europe's biggest council estate. Yeah. So many issues, very poor background, lots of hardworking people doing incredible things for their neighbours. And and I just had this dream of, of being a broadcaster ever since I can remember. I had this little panda radio. I used to listen to all the commentaries, all the big European football commentaries and the home internationals. Yeah. You're far too young to remember these, but the home internationals where England would play Wales, the British championships that were called, where yeah. Wales would play Northern Ireland. And I used to listen to these on my little panda radio. And so football was right through my DNA ever since I was a kid. So when people say to me, oh, isn't Wales like a rugby nation? Well, if you're us, if you're football fans, we're like, hang on a minute. You know, there was very little rugby being played where I went to school. It was all football. Yeah. And, you know, you supported... You supported Wales of football and you supported Cardiff City and that was it. It was non-negotiable, you know? Yeah. And in terms of, do you think that's a class thing then, Jason? Do you think even in Wales, I mean, I grew up in a very rugby league heartland, mm. uh, very working class rugby league territory where union was definitely considered to be a sport for grammar schools and people mm. of, a, of a middle class. Was that the scenario in South Wales as well, do you think? Well, I think... Rugby and football are both working class sports in Wales. So in England, I know rugby union is perceived as a middle class sport, but we played three sports in school, right? We played mostly football. We played a little bit of rugby in my school. Bearing in mind, you know, the city is very different to the valleys. So if you grew up in the South Wales Valleys, apparently the head teachers would just chuck you a rugby ball and you were not allowed to play football. Whereas in Cardiff, it was a complete opposite. And we're only talking about 10, 15 miles. Yeah. And we played baseball in the summer. Wow. So I played one game of cricket in five years. But because Cardiff was so close to the docks and uh, Newport as well, they played a lot of this in Newport too. We played baseball. What I think you guys call it rounders, rounders right? Rounders, yeah. So Cardiff... <laughs> Newport, Liverpool were heartland baseball. So that was my summer sport, didn't play cricket. And so we're talking about, we're going back years and years of history here now. And then, of course, apparently that came in from Ireland with being so close to the docks, right? Yeah. yeah. So on the parks pitches in the summer, we played baseball. And then, of course, Ireland took rounders to America. And, of course, of course yeah. I've, I've got a lot of interest in this. So my position, I was a backstop in baseball or rounders, as many people call it. Uh, and I played almost every position in football. So it's interesting you say that because in in rugby union terms, I get that in Scotland and in Ireland and England, it's very much a middle-class sport. But in Wales, football and rugby are working-class sports. Mm. But many of my mates tell me that they weren't allowed to play football if they grew up in the South Wales Valleys. It was rugby and that was it. Yeah, amazing. So uh, talk about your prowess at rounders or indeed football. Did you show yeah. any talent early doors? <laughs> I wasn't quick. I remember my uh, football coach telling me, mate, you're not blessed with any pace. But I, do you know what I was blessed with, lads? And I think it's kind of spilt over into my work life is I had, a, I had an unbelievable work ethic. Yeah. I would fly into tackles at 100 miles an hour. So I didn't care <laughs> if I got hurt or not. And again, where I grew up was a really tough, tough part of Wales, right? Tough part of Cardiff. You know, you had to learn how to play sport, play with a bit of force. And also you had to learn how to fight. So I used to take that on the pitch. And and still to this day, I've just turned 50, right? A couple of days ago. And when I play five aside, people say to me, I hear you on the radio. You sound like such a nice bloke. I watch you on telly. I really like watching you on telly. But on the football pitch, you are nasty. <laughs> <laughs> who, do you, who do you emulate? Who Who is your, if you were to compare? Oh, yeah, who would you emulate wow. on the football pitch? 
Well, I'd have to choose somebody Welsh, wouldn't I? Yeah, right? Yeah, so it'd have to be Sparky Hughes. <laughs> I, I play a yes. bit like Sparky. So, you know, I could score the odd goal, not as spectacular as Sparky, but Mark Hughes used to get stuck in, didn't he? I yeah. mean, you know, whether he played for Manchester United, Wales, Barcelona, Chelsea or whatever, Sparky got stuck in. Yeah. Uh, that, that, is, that is very much me. Look, basically, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this, it was a case of when you're playing on Cardiff Parks pitches in the 80s and 90s, if you didn't put it about, you were going to get hurt because you had to face the fire, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I genuinely believe that. And I know it sounds a bit corny, to, it might sound corny to some of your listeners, but that work ethic I saw where I grew up very much had an impact on my professional life and, and my sporting life, I think. Yeah, and the choices that you've made clearly around the development of the academy and wanting to support people to give them opportunities, that's clearly still a burning passion that's driving you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, that's very kind of you to say, Rob. And, and also, I'm at the stage of my life now where I do want to give something back, you know, because had I not had good people around me who showed a lot of faith and a lot of trust in giving me an opportunity, then I wouldn't be presenting final score or doing the Six Nations or currently I'm, I'm doing the, the World Cup rugby for S4C. So I'm in between the UK and France yeah, at the moment. So without that. people throwing me in that, then I don't get the chance to show people what I can do. And now is my chance to give some of the youngsters, of, especially South Wales, that's where I'm concentrating my efforts at the moment because there still aren't enough Welsh kids going into kind of mainstream UK broadcasting. So if I can play my very small role in that, then I can look back, you know, when I'm sat on a beach in Barbados in a couple of years' time thinking I've done my job. hundred <laughs> percent. So who were the kind of who were the who were the supporters when you were growing up when you decided to turn around and go, I'm going into broadcasting? Who were they? Who championed you when you were younger? Well, first of all, I remember listening to the great radio two commentators they were then, because back in the day, yeah. there was no Five Live. So I remember listening to people like Mike Ingham and Alan Green and Peter Jones, all these incredible commentators and thinking, I want to do that. And then watching Motti, for example, who, I mean, this is like, this was a moment where it was a, a proper pinch me moment. And sadly, we lost Motti just um, earlier this year. Mm, yeah. When I did my first two-way in about, 2014 and I looked at the screen and Steve the editor had got Motti on to do a pre-match chat yeah, and I'm wow. thinking I'm just some kid from the back streets of Cardiff <laughs> and I've turned to the screen on BBC One telly and Motti's there <laughs> using my name in his answer <laughs> it was like what is happening here so in many ways those guys those broadcasting heroes David Coleman Des Lynham mm. you know Sue Barker Claire Balding I watched all these when I was coming through you know they were all kind of like these iconic broadcasting legends. So it was as much them as it was people like Marco Callahan, who was my first editor at BBC Wales, who put me on telly. Mm. So he's the man you have to blame. He lives <laughs> on the corner for me, actually. So he put me on telly for the first time. But, you know, college lecturers who persuaded me to go and do a degree because I wasn't, I didn't want to go to university. I just wanted to get straight in the world of work. Yeah. So there are so many people, but the people at the BBC who, who threw me in at the deep end, because quite frankly, between you, Rob, Jack, me, and the millions of people listening to this podcast, <laughs> I didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> I genuinely did not have a clue. I'd never read Autocue. <laughs> yeah. I'd never presented anything. And they just threw me in there and said, no, you look good on telly. You know, you've got a good voice. You've got loads of energy, enthusiasm. Just go and show the nation what you can do. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. It stuff. shouldn't happen. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come on here and, and use the phrase that my mate, so my mate Rich, 
he's a he's a driver, he's a cab driver, and he's as Cardiff as they come, tells it to you as it is, right? And he says, Jace, your story is a beep miracle. <laughs> 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 well, I think there must be something to be said about your work ethic on a football pitch. And you alluded to that earlier, that, that I'm sure that was a driving force to keep you going. And when doors sort of close, especially from working class backgrounds, when they close, you sort of punch them back open yourself, really. Did you find that as you were growing up? I have a phrase, Jack, I have a phrase. The worst thing you can do is write anyone off yeah. from this city. It's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And I've had setbacks in my broadcasting life, but what I don't do is I don't sit in the corner and mope about them. Mm. I might have a little moan to my wife and, and my kids, and they'll, they're like, oh, why, why, what's happened or whatever, you know, because they've grown up now, so they understand. But then the next day, I'm all guns blazing, and I love proving people wrong because, because I've had to, Yeah, you know? So when I, you think about my background as well, you know, not many kids with a surname called Mohammed, come from a working class background, sure. a huge council estate with so many issues, yeah. get to present programs on BBC One. So there'll be many times where I've seriously had to dig deep, but all the way through, I've used that rejection. I've used that not getting that job. I've used people telling me, people said to me, oh, you'll never present Match of the Day or you'll never present on BBC. But I say to people, "That's I use that as a, as a fuel. Yeah. You know, and, and I genuinely, you know, I hope that people listening will, will listen to this and think, because you can, you can do it. And I say to people, you can do it. Mm. You can do this, especially my students I'm working with, my academy, that if I can do it, you can do it. So what does that look like in practical terms, Jess? Because I, I think a lot of people identify that. I've, you know, I've had a really good year um, creatively and work-wise, personally. Mm. But then just this last few weeks, I've felt a bit down. And actually, really, last night, I saw, I was in a real flunk. And, you know, they come every now and then. And I think I'm quite good at being resilient and getting back from those. But my sort of way of processing that this morning was like, right, get back on it, get active, yeah, be proactive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Whether that is three emails, I don't know, make a call, do something that feels active and ex- that I'm putting something out into the world to give me the next opportunity, the next chance. What does that look like for you when you say, um, you know, you bounce back, you come back harder. What, what does that practically look and sound like? I think in, in a way, I'm quite lucky insofar as I've got so many contacts now I've built up. This is my 27th year I've been doing this. Yeah. And, and I often think that many people, because when I started doing Six Nations Rugby for BBC Sport, Grandstand, I, I called it back then, 2009, yeah. Yeah. people didn't have a clue who I was, right? And I've had to tell people, I've been doing this since 1997, which is a long time before you lot were even born, right? <laughs> so I've been doing this a long time. So I've got a lot of experience under my belt. Also, I've got a lot of contacts. So, so there is that. But I think as well, Rob, it's a great question. I, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know. But it's a bit like I, I, I do have this moment where I just think to myself, no, I'm not taking that. Mm. And, I, and I am going to prove you wrong. And I, um, like I missed out on the World Cup, for example, in Qatar. I didn't get the Qatar job, right? Yeah. And that's a tough thing to deal with, right? Yeah. When you're one of the main BBC football presenters and Wales have qualified and you're not there on the press photo and you know that people are doing all this going, where's Mohammed? Yeah. What's happened here? What, why is he not yes. there? Yes. That's really hard to process. But I sat there and thought, I'm going to Qatar. I'll be there in some capacity. So we started thinking about what we could do. And lo and behold, I went and worked for S4C and I took my boy out and we made a mini documentary. So it's like I sit there and I think, no, I'm not having this. 
And so in practical terms, I don't know what it is, but there's something that drives within me, within my soul, deep within my soul and in my DNA that says another door will open, but I've just got to make sure I keep knocking on those doors. Yeah. That's amazingly admirable. And I think you'll have more fun in Miami and New York uh, in a couple of years' time. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. The BBC well, we had a great time, but we didn't even see a whale score a goal. Well, yeah. uh, but we saw, I took him to see, he's, he's 16 massively at the football. So he saw Messi. I took him to Argentina, Poland. Oh, wow. We lost We lost to England 3 0, as you probably know. Of course. And we lost to Iran 2 0. So we went all that way. We didn't see a whale's goal. We didn't even get there for the USA game in time oh, no. when they scored a goal. But we got to see. Uh, what do we else do we see? Uh, Croatia against Switzerland. Yeah. And we also got tickets for Brazil, Switzerland as well. No, Croatia, Canada. Fantastic. Um, so it was a great experience. And to be out at the World Cup when Wales are qualified oh, no. as a fan with your son making a little documentary was amazing. Yeah. You know? So it was, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Plus, boys, listen, I'm happy to talk about anything today. I've got a strong faith as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I've got a real deep faith as well. So often I turn to my faith sometimes to, to help me get through those darker moments professionally, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be great to talk about that. I just, um, just as you're talking about the World Cup, it's important, you know, to credentialise Jack and I. You, you'll know that the premise of uh, this podcast is that we come up with our bucket list. And we I've had a big it. debate about whether we were going to go to the FIFA World Cup final, and we dismissed it as often a really rubbish game that's quite corporate and it never really delivers. <laughs> so, uh, and we recorded yeah. that just before Qatar. One of the best finals it. that we ever <laughs> saw. World Cup finals are so boring, lads. Literally. I mean, as if there's ever six goals <laughs> ah, exactly. and the greatest player of all time doesn't lift the trophy. Well, yeah, yes. that's never going to happen. That's what I was yeah. saying to Rob, but he sort of vetoed me. But I sort of agreed with him and it's a gamble, I suppose. But I don't know. Miami it's and Florida might be right next exactly. year. <laughs> so yeah, so talking yeah, about your, yeah. let's talk about your... Um, your best personal sporting achievements. So take us back mm. to the Valleys, take us back to Cardiff, take us back to baseball, your local teams. Did you play any local teams, any amateur teams, anything like that? What's yeah, yeah. So, so I played, I, pl- I did play a bit of rugby. I was a second row. I wasn't very good, but uh, I, was, I was a big lad as well. So I was 6-1 at about 14, 15. So the local club just stuck me in the second row, said, you know, we'll lift you up. You catch the ball, get your head down and get your ass up and drive over the line. <laughs> so it was very much like I was there. I wasn't there for any, I wasn't good with my hands, but again, I didn't mind a little bit of a dust up either, you know. So yeah. often, you know, it, it would all go off on a rugby pitch as well. Growing up down here, so I wasn't afraid to get stuck in, and and I was big as well, and I used to be able to, you know, run with with the ball and tackle. So that was my rugby career. My football career, I, I you know, I wasn't bad technically, as in on the ball. I just was, I just, I just wasn't quick. I wasn't, you know, I, I was able to pass a ball, yeah, and I, you know, I'd pop up with the odd goal now and again. But so I, I played centre half naturally. Yeah, somebody my dap would. Um, I also had a stint in goal because no one else wanted to go in. <laughs> of course. So I played for my college as a keeper uh, for about six games, and then I played a bit of. I, I was up front, you know, traditional hold the ball up, lay it off. Never played on the wing, uh, but I was. I wasn't a bad right back as well. There weren't any wing backs back in the day. I was a right back, and I was told by the coach, "Don't go over the halfway line because <laughs> you'll lose the ball and you won't be able to get back." But I was able to, you know, I had a decent football brain on me. But, you know, I mean, I scored my, 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 my very famous story, my football story, isn't one 
when it was Jack's nodding as if he knows what's coming here because it's, it's like the whole world knows this story. <laughs> so I scored, I scored a diving header in the last minute of our Sunday league game against the then league leaders, which then sent us top in about the 93rd minute, Elite. which was amazing. And I got mobbed by about like 200 of our fans ran on the pitch. This was in a, on a council pitch. Yes, and yes. We're all, and they dived on me, you know, it was like, so that was magical. But if I can fast forward to... 2000 and I'm going to go 18. I can't remember when it was. I'll have to dig this out for you. I think it's about 2018, 2019. Cardiff City, we had um, we had a player called Kevin McNaughton, mm-hmm. uh, legend, uh, played mm-hmm. for Scotland. We got him from Aberdeen. So um, Kev had a testimonial. And so his agent rings me up and says, oh, listen, um, ticket sales are slow for Kev's testimonial at the Cardiff City Stadium. He said, because Wales are playing the Republic of Ireland in a qualifier on the Saturday, on the Friday. So they scheduled the game for a Sunday, right? So they said, is there any chance you can come on your show and you can plug tickets? I was like, yeah, no problem. I said, what's in it for me? <laughs> Typical hustler. Yeah. I said, what's in it for me? He goes, he goes, well, you can, if you're here, if you're not covering the Republic of Ireland game, because this was in, in, it was in Dublin, the game. So a lot of Wales fans and Cardiff City fans were in Dublin for the weekend. So it was bad timing, really. So he says, he says, yeah, he said, no problem. If you get Kev on, plug the tickets, you can have a half. So I go, deal. He comes on. He does a great job. We get the ticket sales up. I think they sold about 7,000 tickets, which wasn't bad for a testimonial yeah. on a weekend where it was an international break. Yeah. So, um, so I get to play, not on Kev's team, on the Cardiff City celebs team, right? So, so Kev's team has got all his, all his mates, Mark Hudson, Peter Whittingham, God bless him, all these fantastic players. And it's my football club, right? Yeah. So I bring my boots. I got my toilet bag, got the old wash bag, <laughs> walked into the ground. And I, did, I didn't know this, but Craig Bellamy was the manager. No right? way. So Bellas, yeah. And then I'm, I, they said, right, there's your shirt. It's got Mohammed on the shirt there. And I'm playing in the red kit. I didn't like want to play in the red kit because we went to a whole red and blue well, thing yeah. back in the day. Yeah, 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 probably yeah, wear yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Where our owners decided to change color. So there was civil war about that. So the shirt's hanging up. I'm doing my laces up next to Robert Earnshaw. Oh. So Ernie, Ernie was at the baggies, wasn't Mate, he, with you? Robert Earnshaw, so Ernie, Robert Earnshaw gave me one of the best moments of my life. Hat-trick, greatest game really? season card at Charlton. Amazing legend. Loved Robert Earnshaw. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Ricky Schumacher, I think he played he, for you. Played Darren for Purse, did Darren Purse play for you? Darren Purse, yeah. He yeah. ducked, so he ducked all these Johnson lads. got a goal. Didn't happy about that, but anyway. <laughs> all these lads are there doing their boots up and Bellas has gone. He's come bursting in and he's looked at me and said, what are you doing here? Wow. As if to say, how did you get here? Right. Uh, and then, and, and then listen to this though, right? So I'm sub for the first half, right? So Bellas comes up to me and he goes, Right, I'm in the dugout now. I've, I've enjoyed myself watching, and I'm watching these professionals. And I'm like, How much time have they got on the ball? You know, <laughs> McPhail's got the ball. He's like knocking it there, spinning there, banging there. And, I, and my heart's going because Bellas goes, Right, you're coming on for Ernie. Where do you want to play? Oh my God. And wow. I've gone, Are you serious? I thought I was only having like five minutes at the end. He goes, no, you, no, where do you want to play? I went, uh. He goes, where do you play as a kid? I said, up front. He goes, go up front, make a nuisance yourself. Oh, so I said, okay. Wow. So Ernie comes off. I go on at half time, do the old kickoff. This is Cardiff City Stadium now, yeah. hosted Premier League football, World Cup qualifiers. Uh, you've got to love this story. So anyway, 10 minutes in, I've touched the ball twice. This lad comes in. I, I go on the 18 yard box. He kind of, he didn't nutmeg me, but he got past me really easy. He was a big lump of a lad. And I was like, oh, really embarrassed. And then he fouled someone, right, outside the box, <laughs> right? So I'm standing there, and this is on YouTube. You can watch this. They recorded it. It's on YouTube. Brilliant. So I'm standing there, and, and the ref's gone, free kick. And it's about 20 yards out. 
to the left of the 18-yard box, right? And I'm standing there now, and Bellas is standing there. And he goes free kick. And he puts his foot on the ball. He goes, Jace, hit it. And the wall's being assembled now, right? I say, shut up. And he goes to me, no, go on, hit it. It's your day. I went, are you serious? And I thought, if I ask him once more, he's going to go, get out of the way. I'm going to stick it in the top corner, right? So I didn't even mark a run-up up. And I just thought, oh, my God, my heart's pounding here now. And I walked up. I kind of walked up, as you'll see when you see the video. I didn't plan it. I stuck it over the wall, stuck it in the bottom corner. Oh, what a goal. What a moment. (laughs) Jason, that's amazing. (laughs) And they all come running up to me, hugging me. They were like, Wits was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. (laughs) And we're walking back to the halfway line and Bellas has gone, what a goal, but it's the worst effing run-up I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So So where do you sit on the blue shirt, red shirt? Debate. Oh, yeah. I was blue all the way, man. It has just, to be, surely, oh, yeah. It was, it was horrific. It was a terrible time. I saw people, mates and families falling out over it, yeah. you know, because, it, you know, that's your colour of your, your shirt, right? It's, what, it's all I've ever known, you know. Yes. Yeah, we go away and we played in yellow, we played in, in white, we've had stripes and all that, but you never muck about with a, with a club strip. Never, ever, ever. And it was really bad. There are no, some lads who, who never went back. They were like, that's it. It's not the club I supported. That's it. I'm finished. But... Yeah, thankfully, they listened to us after about two seasons and got it back to blue. Can you uh, remember your first steps into Ninian Park back in the day? Yeah, I can. It was May 1982. And it was a game against Luton Town. I went down with my uncles. I remember walking down. It was a night game, 7.45 game. We played Luton Town. They had players like Brian Steen and Ricky Hill. They were going for promotion and we had to win. To, I wasn't aware of this at the time. We had to win to stay in the old Division 2, I think it was. And I remember walking down and Ninian Park was like quite an intimidating ground. You know, away yeah. fans used to tell us that we hated coming down to your place, especially on a night game when yeah. the game would finish at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And like they'd come out the buses and like you lot would be there, 2,000 of them waiting there and police lines and all that. It was like quite intimidating. And I remember seeing these big floodlights because it was an old ground, you know, an old authentic traditional football ground with huge floodlit pylons and the smell of the grass. And, you know, I don't want to sound like Nick Hornby here, but uh, that whole thing, I was just like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. I was only eight or nine. And and in typical Cardiff City fashion, we had to win to stay up. We lost and got relegated. So my my life of woe and sorrow as a Cardiff City fan was written that night. And I've been supporting them ever since. What about, I mean, I'm a Leeds United fan. Jason. Oof. Yeah. So, Oof. Yeah. If Take, I'd known that, I'd have refused to do this. I, I, I left <laughs> well, that out of the, you, uh, the information. You've got the upper hand here. Take us back. What's I'm, happened here? How did this happen? Yeah, How sorry. did this happen? <laughs> There's only one other club I'd have refused. That's Swansea City. Swansea City and Leeds United. <laughs> but, you know, I was just thinking, you've had the hoodoo of uh, Leeds for some time. I'm thinking back to that classic when Leeds had just, the previous year, had been Champions League semi-finalists. Mark Viduka, that team, Rio Ferdinand and all the rest. And we we met you guys at Ninian Park in the FA Cup and you did us. Mm. What a night that was. That was unbelievable. I know we've always had amazing games. And that night as well, I mean, a lot of teams have rivalries. Well, rivalries with Leeds, don't they? Because it's Leeds United. I've always had, uh, I had my stag in Leeds. I've always had the (laughs) utmost respect for Leeds United as a football club. I love I love the passion. I love the fans. I love the banter. You know, I remember be, be, with the year we went up from from the championship with Wolves, 
you know, you lot were three nil down at half time, and you sang, you, you outsang us yeah. in your away end. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I've been to Allen Road to do match of the day too, and I had a brilliant time. So I've always, always respected Leeds United. But there's a rivalry that was born from that night yes. between Cardiff City and Leeds United. So you know, it's like when the num- the uh, numbers came out for the draw last year when you when you you were we were two minutes away from knocking you out. Yes. And then I think it was Perkins got the equaliser, didn't he? And yeah. then you battered us five two, I think it was at Allen Road. When the names came out, uh, number three, Cardiff City will play number twenty seven, Leeds United. There was a ooh. <laughs> yeah, so brilliant. if you know your football, if you know your football, there's a that's a rivalry, but that was born from that night in two thousand and one. It was I was there that night. It was absolutely nuts. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Do you not think that Leeds United suffer from that sort of like big club entitled sort of fan oh, base? This is not an opportunity kind of to get another. No, 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 no. Just jump in. Why is he saying this with so much yeah. anger? Just, just jump in because it, it's such a. It's it just comes up a lot in this podcast. I just find Leeds. You can throw Villa into the same mix. You can throw all that kind of thing. Just this sense of like we're a big club, so we deserve to be in the Premier League, in the Champions League. I don't know. I don't know. I appreciate. That. I think Leeds, I think because it's such a big city and because you've just got such a, and probably because I saw Leeds when I was a kid as well. Yes. So yeah. 83, 84 were my first big seasons where I went to every home game. And so Chelsea used to bring down like 6,000 absolute, I mean, I've never seen anything like Chelsea's fans back in the 80s. So I grew up in that time where I was going, you know, and we're talking about Cardiff City had a bad reputation back then as well. So Chelsea would come down in their numbers, Newcastle United, Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds United. So I think my respect for those football clubs comes from those days, you know, because they would come and I'd be like, I was only a boy. I was like, flipping heck. They've taken, they filled the entire Manchester City as well. So when people talk to me about Man City and go, oh, you know, they've got this, they've got this, they've got this. I say, I'm old enough to, we played them in the old second division and they were like four from Main Road, isn't it? At Main Road, yeah. And they come to us and they'd fill our away end. So good luck to them. Yeah. Absolutely good luck to them. Whereas your Liverpools and your Manchester Uniteds and your Arsenals, They've never. The one I used to present six oh six back in the day with Savage. People used to ring in and go, "Ah, it's a it's a disgrace. Arsenal aren't in the Champions League." I'm going, mate. Rotherham haven't won a game for 47 years. Yeah. <laughs> what are you moaning about? <laughs> I'm really glad you brought up 606 on your time because I, I think there's part of the ritual when you leave a football match and you stick the radio on. And for me, it's BBC WM with Frank C and uh, it's Tom Ross as well, the Blues fan and stuff, all that kind of stuff. And you get all these amazing fans phone in with their opinions. Yeah. Give us some of your best fan phone-ins from 606 <laughs> with you and Robbie or any of them. I mean, because wow. some of them are brilliant. I mean, I mean there were so many. Oh, there were so many. There were, there, were so many <laughs> there were so many rows on the radio. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I had more bust-ups with my fellow presenters <laughs> than I did with fans. <laughs> I liked the fans. Yes. I just didn't like Chris Sutton and Robbie Savage. <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point, though, lads. It got to... No, genuinely, there were probably a couple of rows I had with fans, but they were kind of, in a way... A lot of fans were wound up. Robbie would wind up fans so much so that he would manufacture little spats between me and fans, right? Yeah. yeah. But again, if you Google this, your listeners want to Google this. I used to go from being the results guy in Media City. So that's where we obviously do the show live in Salford. So, you know, Dan Walker used to go in and do Football Focus in our studio. Then I would do Final Score. Then we'd leave and the crew would kind of refresh the set. And then Gary would come in to do Match of the Bay. All one from, from one studio. So I would go from being the guy who gave the results out to suddenly 
arguing with Lee from Huddersfield <laughs> yeah. about Huddersfield Town. <laughs> and people would say to me, it's the most bonkers transition in an hour. You've gone yeah, from being yeah. a very respected broadcaster to shouting your mouth off with Lee and Huddersfield and Robbie, you know? Yeah. So if you Google this, I had two on-air spats, not with fans, but with Robbie and with Chris Sutton. Because Sutton sent us down without even seeing us play. He's like, Cardiff City are going to get relegated. I said, why'd you say that? <laughs> well, I just know they're rubbish. If you haven't seen them play, well, they're just rubbish. They don't deserve to be in the Premier League. Well, as a fan, <laughs> that was it. I was, oh, I was gone. But that was, I had three great years. I had three fantastic years. And I think three years is about the right time to do a show like that, you know? I know yeah, Robbie I and Chris are still doing it, but I had a great time. I, I loved it. And the phone lines would be absolutely bonkers yeah, from the moment we did our trail into Five Live Sport at quarter six. Yeah. And, I, and, and that was a program I listened to as a fan before I even started working. You know, yeah. I remember Alan Green presented. I think oh, that's yeah. why I was listening yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that. Coming home from games on a Sunday. And, and so to get that opportunity was, was, was a dream come true, you know. As I say, three years... Yeah, was enough. that'll do. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, I literally have to switch off sometimes. I, mean, I love it. It's one of those sort of love-hate relationships where you're compelled to listen and then you absolutely yeah. irate from... Because you've, you've heard the same guy who called up yesterday saying Arsene Wenger <laughs> should get a knighthood, you yeah. know, equivalent um, to actually get him out of the club. And and they switch in a heartbeat based on, you know, 10 minutes of a performance. It's so exactly. exactly. But you talked about reading out the results there. And that is... A, I mean, that's become bigger and bigger, that that show hasn't it i think yeah. it'd be great to to get your view on this from a few points of view one is to what degree you feel a responsibility as the anchor of that to build the story and the narrative of, of things coming through and lift it from a load of numbers coming through on the video printer into a into an emotional narrative mm. and to what extent you think that's evolved over your time i'm thinking of you know, Soccer Saturday and Jeff Stelling sort of changed the game a little bit, didn't it? Mm, they yeah, were probably definitely. pioneering yeah. how we experience that sort of stuff. So terrible to ask you two questions, but um, no, uh, talk about those two things if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, so actually two great questions, Rob, because I think as well, I think stats have played a massive role now in sport and in football, especially, right? So, you know, the stats board and people have just become obsessed by stats. And I think it's the whole FIFA generation. They've grown up with stats. And my boy is 16, Max, for example. And he talks about stats. He doesn't talk like us, as we would do. Go, they played well, they didn't. He talks about XG and assists and stuff. It's like <laughs> mind-blowing. And I think as well, probably because of the broadcasting rights and the contract as well, that my job, it, you, ha you can't see the games. So my yeah. job is to bring that energy and enthusiasm. And I often say this as a little hint to our reporters. I say to them, especially the newer ones, if your game is nil-nil, there's bound to be something happening in the game yeah. that you can sell. Sell your game as best you can, even if it's nil-nil. Talk about you know the milky cup of tea that you've just had in the in the press room or whatever, and we will pick up in the studio on it. And that, it's about it's a football show for football fans, and yeah. and that's what I try to do is build the drama, build the enthusiasm. I'm aware that you can't see what we're seeing. But we try to forget that. We try to say, look, let's just have some fun as well, because I think that's a massive part of it. Yeah. And I think that the, the show has evolved. You know, we get 2 million uh, viewers on a Saturday, uh, sort of like about 5.05. 5 it's now yeah. fast turning into 5.10 because of the added time. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. 2 million people tune into Final Score on a Saturday afternoon to get their scores and get their drama. So our peak is is about then when the full times come in, you know? So in a way, it's an honor and a privilege to host a show like that. But I see my job as to 
energize the studio, especially if it's a bit flat in the Premier League because they're the games we're, we're, we're watching. And I think those shows have become more important over the years because the way the broadcasting deals have all been carved up, you don't really know which channel it, the live game is going to be on, you know? But it's the one thing that's been consistent in our lifetimes. You know, so I used to sit and watch the Vinnie Printer, and, sure. and, yeah, and the sure. Vinnie Printer's still going. Yeah. So there's a there's a huge kind of tradition as well, and I suppose I I am the custodian of that tradition at the moment, and trying to do as best I can. And you do a yeah, great job. Amazing. We love Final Score, and because it's I mean, oh, thank you. it's a performance, though, isn't it? You have to have this level oh, it's, of performance. Oh, it's totally, totally a performance. Um, well, well, you'll know this. You'll know this. Yeah. <laughs> I am absolutely zonked after a show. <laughs> yeah. You know because yeah. it's. It's energy, it's adrenaline. And yeah, you know, people say to me, they go, oh, you like that at home? I go, what? <laughs> Going, oh my God, there's been a goal at Anfield. No, of course. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, of course I don't say, oh my God, it's lasagna fatigue. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Of course I'm not. <laughs> Where did that performance kind of bone came from? Did it, did it come from as a kid? Were you, were you involved in any sort of theatrical stuff as a kid? Or were you just... You were just the, the tackler in the middle of the park, kept barking off. orders. Yeah, yeah no, I, I didn't. I didn't do drama at all. I, you know, I, I did. I did English uh, A level. So again, great question. I have no idea where, where that comes from. I think what it is, it's not so much kind of like a, a trained drama theatrical performance. Mm. And you know this, Jack, because I've talked to you a couple of times. All my three kids. Yeah. You know, Lily is in is in drama school in the Bristol Old Vic. She wants to be. She wants to be you. She wants oh, to. Amazing. Her dream. Hopefully, not her dream me. is She'll to be better be, than me. <laughs> her, her dream is to be is to be doing what you're doing. Max is also doing the same. He's 16, although he loves football as well. Mm. And and my youngest as well. So so in in a way, I suppose what I try to do is I try to be that football fan performing for a football audience. Yeah. You yeah. know. So so I'm not trained in any of this, but what I try to be is the football fan. Because I think, you know, when, when people say, I see you presenting the show, yes, I am the presenter, but I try to be, I, I try to treat every game as if it was, was my team playing in it. Because I think we have fans from every background, every club, and I try to make every game as important, apart from Leeds United. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but obviously you're hugely experienced now and it evolves over time but when you get that that voice in the ear going we're about to go live and there's a little countdown what happens to you physically oh, how do you yeah, feel about that bit, still i mean the adrenaline still i still get that unbelievable adrenaline yeah. rush and also yeah. here's a, an exclusive not many people know this we don't even we rehearse the opening link that's yeah. all we rehearse uh, that's the yeah. only thing and, it, and we're on air for three and a half hours and light of live telly you know, and with a with a tiny, tiny break in as well, because what we do is, as you know, we're on increasingly now we, we say iPlayer. We're on the iPlayer from 2.30 until about 4.20, 4.30. Then we have a slight break. So we go again and we go on to BBC One network telly. Yeah, yeah. Then we say goodbye to our network viewers on BBC One so they can get ready for Strictly. And we go back to the iPlayer for all the interviews. So it's three three chunks in a way. And and so when that when when I get the director or Helen or Ben, whoever's directing or producing that day, they go, right, Jamo, you ready to go? They call me Jamo, that's my nickname, ready to go, and I'll do an opening link. And then the pundits will come in at 10 past two. Um, I'm in the studio from two. So I'm in that seat for three and a half, three, three, three hours and three quarters as well. Can't leave. I was gonna say there's no loop. Have you got either. a bucket underneath that chair? I, no, I'd struggle. It, I've just I've just learned to take two cups of tea is my maximum <laughs> and water, obviously, to keep the voice going, and that's it. So it is like a performance. It is like theatre. And, and I think that's what 
you know, gets me out of bed on a Saturday morning to go, come on, I'm doing, it's a dream job. You know, this isn't match of the day. This isn't, you know, linking into a game and then sitting, sitting twiddling our thumbs for 15 minutes and then talking about it. This is constantly, and you've got to know your numbers. You've got to know your football. You've got to know your teams. You've got to know your grounds. And you've got to know exactly a, a bit about the, 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 the hinterland as well, yeah. you know? So you've got to know your West Broms and your Leeds United's and your Stoke City's and your Rotherham United. And, you know, the last time I went down to Barnsley, you know, I had a great reception from the club. All those things are woven into the scores, you know? Mm, yeah. So come on. So give us the goss. So you get the schedule through and you see who your co-stars are. They'll be sat on the yeah. sofa. Who, who, do you, who do you want? <laughs> when does your heart you go, sink? Oh, no. Robbie Savage. Oh, no, man. I've done enough. I've done my three years with him. That's it. Finished. No, listen. Here's my... Many people, many rascals like you have tried. Yes. <laughs> I love them all like my children. <laughs> there are some fantastic so, ones on final scores. Garth Crooks is a favourite of mine. I adore Garth. Yeah, well, Crooks, he's finished. Crooks, yeah, finished he's now. finished now. Yeah. finished last year. I, I yeah, God bless him. him. I love Garth. Garth did my first ever show. So um, Gabby, when Gabby Logan was presenting it, uh, they rung me. This is when I was at TV Centre. They rung me because I was doing the Wales version. So I was doing Wales on Saturday, oh, which was because Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland used to opt out a final score, you know. So the regions would have, or nations and regions would have their own show. Yeah. So I did that for three years. So they'd seen me do that. And they were like, oh, we've got a bit of a presenter crisis. Uh, Gary Logan's doing something. And then they tried somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody <laughs> else. So they came to me. And Garth, it was Garth and Matthew Holland. And it was a TV center in one of the famous old, grandstand football focus final score oh, studios wow. which was a thrill in itself right guys yeah, yeah, you sure. know tv center and uh, and i do my opening link and i'm absolutely bricking it i've got a brand new shirt new new slacks look <laughs> yes. look i think i look the part <laughs> and the opening link and i go i'm here i probably i've never seen it back and garth turned to matthew holland and said who's this guy <laughs> <laughs> i can see him saying <laughs> and, that and, 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 and then we hit it off and then we went for a drink in the old BBC club and TV centre back then. And we became real firm friends. And you know what? I've become friends with so many of my pundits as well. Oh, I bet. Kev Kilban has become a, a great oh. mate. Kev's out in Canada now. Danny Mills, yeah. ex-Leeds United, of course. Yes. Dion Dublin, you know, Dion and I WhatsApp each other, especially Friday night before a game. Yeah. Martin Keown, all these guys, you know, they, they've been absolutely amazing. And Farah Williams has been brilliant. Yeah, been a brilliant yeah, addition. Yeah, Glenn Murray, brilliant. Glenn's, Glenn's such Glenn's a laugh. really good pundit, me, I think. Yeah, He's he really is. Growing me, into that me, me and Glenn have got a nice, a nice little combo going now where, you know, he calls me Chunky Pep. He said, you look like Pep Guardiola, <laughs> but you're, you're chunkier than him, so he calls me Chunky Pep. Brilliant. <laughs> have you ever you ever had what uh, we would refer to as a dry, when you're in the moment, the, yeah. the spotlight's on you, the camera's on you, you're live, and you think, I've no idea what I'm about to say. I've had many times where I've stumbled over. It's not... So we have auto cue, right? But yes. the opening the opening half an hour is scripted because yes. obviously you go into grounds and you go into managers. So I've stumbled over my links many, many times, but I've actually handed to a game that didn't exist. No <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. I think it was something like Notts County against I can't remember, it might have been Grimsby Town. I went, let's go live to Notts County, Grimsby Town. We haven't been there for a while. Let's hand to Andy Sixsmith. And everyone's gone quiet. And then the entire year they've gone. We're not even doing that game. We're not even there. That game's not even in, that's, that game's not even in League Two. <laughs> it was last played four years ago. I was like, I had no idea. I thought someone said go to Notts County Grimsby, but I must have heard it. You know? Uh, amazing. That's and, and, and and also the other thing as well is that another little kind of trade secret. What happens is the games are all numbered. 
So the editor will say, so if there's a goal, for example, so there's a goal at Ellen Road, Paul will buzz Helen, who's the director, the producer, and Helen will say, right, J-Mo, goal at Ellen Road. And on the autocue, it would say, Ellen Road, Leeds United v Arsenal, Jack Loxton. So that's all I've got in front of me. And then my job is to cobble a link together in my head using those three kind of key phrases, you know? Yeah, makes sense. To camera four, remembering to move cameras as well. You yeah. are a theatre fan, though. You, you, you know, you've, you're obviously produced two progeny who you are erring in that direction now. But, you know, you are a theatre fan, right? You did go see our very own Jack in the old theatre. Yeah, yeah. He was amazing. He was amazing. Yes. Yeah, that's how this all began. Yeah, yeah he was amazing. It's, it's, it's my kid's favourite show. Yeah. yeah. No, I love, I love sure going to the show. Sure, it wasn't the understudy on and, that day. Uh, and also, <laughs> Robert, no. <laughs> <might wanna be. laughs> yeah, probably that's what I saw. That's who I saw. I thought it was but, brilliant. But also, also lads, to, 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 ta- to tap into that as well, if you're from Wales, right, you have to have a love of the culture. So yeah. there's two yeah. things you have to have a love of, our culture and sport, mm. right? So I speak Welsh as well, and I think and my kids go to Welsh-speaking schools, and it's very much instilled in them, you know, the art, the poetry, the theatre, the drama, the singing, and it's woven into our, our, our DNA. It's who we are, you know? So I think being from Wales anyway, I think, you know, we're quite a, a dramatic, passionate nation anyway. So maybe it comes from that. I don't know. But I've always had a, I've always had a love of the arts anyway. So, Good man. And I think that sometimes shocks people. They're like, but don't you like football? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I mean, oh, how can how can you like theatre? Yeah, I mean, welcome to our world, uh, Jason. Yeah. yeah, it's very yeah. much that sort yeah, exactly. of. You can't do both. I'm like, well, we're, we're trying, yeah. we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, certainly. That's why we felt obliged to respond to this untapped demographic. You read books and you're a football fan. What? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It really so, are you about to um, recite your Undermilk Wood for us, then, Jason? <laughs> I don't have it to hand, boys, but I do have the entire works of R.S. Thomas to my yes, left here. Of course. I can read. <laughs> Convelon on a tractor for you if you want. <laughs> so tell us about the World Cup. How's it going? What's yeah. your prediction? Yeah, it's amazing. So I am working for S4C, which is yep. a big thrill and a big challenge for me as well because I broadcast in Welsh, but I kind of usually used to broadcast and make shows, so do- documentaries, that sort of thing, Yeah, which meant I could kind of take my time because it's my second language, right? Mm. But they were like, no, we want you to do the pitch side role in the World Cup. So I was like, okay, that's fantastic. So I'm presenting. So Sarah Elgan, who does a lot of BT sports or TNT sports rugby coverage. She's presenting, anchoring from up in the Tribune. And then they throw down to me for my pitch side guest. So we did France, New Zealand, which was absolutely incredible uh, at the Stade de France. Wow. Yeah. So that was just a, an amazing, amazing experience. And, and I, lo- I do love my rugby. Football is in my heart, right? And in my soul. But when, you, when, when, when you're brought up here in Wales, you, and especially doing the job I've got, especially at BBC Wales as well, for the last, I've been working at BBC Wales since 1998. I do a radio show here. Yeah. And you have to have a, a love of sport, you know, and a love of, of, of all sports, really. And we've got a big boxing tradition here in Wales as well. So I went to New, um, Vegas many years ago to watch Calzaghe oh, beat amazing. Bernard Hopkins back in 2008 as well. So that's another career highlight. Wow. Um, and, and so to be at the Stade de France was just absolutely incredible. And then we got on the train the next day and we're headed down to Bordeaux and I was pitch side for the, for the game against Fiji, which was an absolute onslaught. It was incredible yeah, how they came away well. from that with a win was just unbelievable. And then I missed last week because it was my birthday and my daughter's birthday for the Portugal game. And I fly back out to Lyon on Saturday for Wales, Australia, which is now a humdinger yeah, because 
we could have a three-way split at the top of the pool. Yes. You know, so we've got to beat the Aussies. The Aussies have got to beat us to stay in contention. And then it could come down to points and bonus points, you know? Yeah. So but how far are they going to go, Wales? Well, look, if we win the pool, we will play the runner-up of England-Argentina's pool. Mm. If we come second in the pool, we play the winner of England-Argentina. So, I mean, take your pick. You know, yeah. it's, it's either, it's either going to be England-Wales or England-Australia. Or England Fiji, right? Yeah, because yeah. I think I think England will probably win the pool now. So I mean, it could be an England Wales quarter final in France for a place in a World Cup semi final. I don't think I could cope. I don't <laughs> think I could cope. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and Wales have got an amazing blend at the moment, right? So they've got a lot of experienced players: Dan Bigger, Talupe Falatau, for example, George North, guys who've been there, seen it, done it, right? Who, who've been on Lions tours and won Lions tours and perhaps should have got to the final in the World Cup in 2011. Sam Warburton got that red card in the semi-final against France. We played with 14 men, lost by a point. There was one team that the New Zealanders didn't want to play in the final in 2011, and that was Wales. They, they were like, we don't want to play them. We were on fire. Genuinely, I still believe if, if Sam Warburton didn't have that red card in 2011, we'd have won the World Cup that year without a shadow of a doubt. Gatlin's, Gatlin's Wales. And also, Mike Phillips made a good point. So Mike's part of our commentary team, yeah, the yeah. former scrum up. Mike made a good point. He said that was the most disappointing feeling he'd ever had in any rugby match, right? So he mm-hmm. scored the try. One try was scored in that semi-final. 14 men, we lost by a point, and we scored the try. But France won and got through to the final, which they lost. And yeah. he said that team was so good because not only did we then go on to win the Six Nations, the Grand Slam the following year, but also most of those Wales boys made up the Lions team yeah. that beat Australia in Australia. So something good came of that, but that just goes to show how good that Wales team was under Gatland that time. So we got those guys and we got all these new guys who have been absolutely beasted out in Turkey and Switzerland. They've had the most horrific training regime. So they're fit as anything. So you've got these young guys who are saying, I want to wait, you know, announce my name on the world stage. And you've got the old guys who've been there. So maybe we've got that magic blend, but France will take some stopping, lads. Yeah. Because the momentum behind their crowd was unbelievable. You speak about rugby as if everyone should love it, and I really still struggle. I mean, the past few episodes, <laughs> I really struggle. I don't know, man. Uh, it's because I'm not a big bruiser, but we've spoke about it a million times. But you do speak... Come down to Wales. I know, come down maybe to Wales, I should. Man. I'll take you to a game. Maybe I should. Yeah. That's probably, we'll all come down. It, That's a good go. shout. Yeah, come down. We'll have a day out. Sounds yeah. good. Great. What's Gatland yeah. like? What's your experience like of Gatland? Yeah, he's well. He's a he's a typical hard New Zealander. You know, he's been lovely to me. I, I went to see him on the day we played Fiji. I went over. I wasn't doing the interview with him, but I just hung around by the boards and just shook his hand. He said, "Oh, nice to see you again." I hadn't seen him for years because obviously he'd left. But I, when I was a Six Nations reporter before I started presenting, I used to see him almost every every home Six Nations game. But yeah, lovely bloke. I mean, I, I've been out with him socially as well around the dinner table. Lovely bloke talks. We'll happily talk about stories. But I think when it comes to Game day, that's it. It's all about like game face on. Mm. And another famous, uh, famous, famous sportsman that you saw. I saw on your Instagram a couple of days ago because it was your birthday. You were at Cardiff. What's Aaron Ramsey like? Yeah, lovely guy. Uh, lovely. I, I interviewed him many years ago when he was playing for Arsenal against, I think it was Manchester City when in the Charity Shield, yeah, Community Shield. We did match of the day highlights. I had a chat with him then when he left Cardiff City, and then yeah, I just. He, he, he won the Man of the Match award. We, we beat Swansea yeah. 2-0. Yeah. We beat Swansea 2-0. Get in! <laughs> Texas First time. Come on! First time in 10 years on the night before my 50th birthday. Perfect. I mean, come on. 
someone up there is looking down on me, right? <laughs> and then my mate said to me, let's go and say hello to Aaron. So we were in the hospitality area. So Aaron came over and we had a chat with him and had a photo with him. And then, um, and then I put that picture up on my Instagram and then he put it on his story. Yeah. Happy birthday, Chase. Love it. Next day, my kids were like, oh my God. <laughs> but lovely. And you know what? He, 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 you know, you think about it. Arsenal, Juventus, yeah. Rangers, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now back to us again. Played in the World Cup, played in European Champions League games, played in the FA Cup finals. He is still class. Unreal He is a class apart. Unreal oh, football. And, and at that level, he was, he yeah. Was the, Jack, he was the best player on that pitch by a mile. It was unbelievable. Um, Pockets of space. He did this thing, right, just near the touchline in front of us. He, he kind of let the ball go. He just did it, dropped his shoulder, let it go. And the crowd went, hey! And he smiled. Oh, you know oh, when you see these, you know, the you know when someone nutmegs you at yeah. five aside, they go, hey! Yeah, I love it. It was one of those. I thought, we were like that. Oh, That's class. I'm now, Even to have the temerity to smile. I'm now not looking forward to Cardiff coming to the Hawthorns this season. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. Well, we don't have a great record at the Hawthorns, I don't think. No, do you don't. I don't but, think so. I, I'm not too bad. But a lot of pinch me moments, Jason. And, you know, coming from, you know, that council estate in Cardiff, it must be... You must be incredibly proud yeah. of yourself, yeah? Yeah, well, I am. And people say lovely things, Jack, you know. Mm. And I've been very lucky, you know. Yeah. I've been very lucky to, to have amazing people around me, you know, great family network as well. My, my wife puts up with so much of me kind of flying in one day and then saying, right, I'm disappearing to France for a couple of days and then, you know, leaving the kids behind as well. So yeah. you've got to have, a you know, a solid family base behind you as well. But very lucky. And, and I've almost looked at it as a, a, a bit like a performance and a bit like a sporting game mm. thinking, look, get out there and, you know, give it a solid seven, eight, nine. And then thankfully, you know, people have, have, have invested that faith back in me really. And um, thankfully none of it's gone wrong yet. Are you up for a quiz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Perfect. 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 Yes. Yeah. We've got a quiz. Cue theme tune. After extra time. And you know what that means? It's penalties. So it's a penalty shootout. We're at Ninian Park. It's it's you're representing uh, Cardiff in your blue shirt. I shall be in a white shirt here, Jason. Uh, Jack will ask the questions which represent our penalties. We can draw five all. We're, we're all down for a draw here. But we'll take a question each. I don't know what the theme is today. Well, um, but uh, yeah, the, the quiz is sort of left to me, and I've gone with Wales this 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 oh, week. Great. So oh, Rob, Rob might struggle. Rob might struggle, but it's fine. But, <laughs> can I just say? Can I just say? I can hear the crowds chanting. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. <laughs> we all ate leads, and we all ate leads. All ate leads, and we all ate leads. All ate. Oh yeah, there we are. There's yeah, a bit of atmosphere that. there. Uh, I'm already <laughs> up against it. We've done the toss, and I, we've gone down your end. Yeah, clearly. Exactly. Oh, no. um, but just to kind of warm Jason in, I, I know. Um, um, we're obviously Englishmen, but and you're obviously a Welshman. So the first question is sort of just to remind about the balance of football in the United Kingdom. So, Jason, question number one. In what minute... <laughs> you rascals. <laughs> in what minute did England's Daniel Sturridge score his winning goal in the Euro... <laughs> yeah, 20... This is outrageous! This is outrageous! <laughs> in the Euro 2016 what? football tournament against Wales. Was it A, the 89th, or B, the 92nd minute, Jason? I think it was the 92nd minute I was there next to Danny Murphy who started laughing in my face. Oh. 90 seconds? <laughs> Jason, that's a fantastic story. And of course it's right. Brilliant. 1-0 to Jason. Daniel Sturridge into Vardy. Ali, it'll come back for Sturridge, will it? It's in! 
I can't cheer that. Oh, yeah, you can't cheer never that. use that. Never use that video. <laughs> never ever use that video. You've got a Welshman cheering the English. <laughs> For, for the record, that was me celebrating my goal and not what you heard. Brilliant. Right, Robert. Leeds United have played Cardiff City a total of 63 times in all competitions in football since their first meeting in 1921. How many times have Leeds beaten Cardiff during that time? Oh, my goodness. Um, Come on, Robert. A, 18, or B, 35? Well, I mean... Uh... You'd think on the balance of their stature over the, those years, it'd be 35. But as I said, Cardiff have had the hoodoo over us historically for a long, long time. So I'm going to go with 18. Fantastic penalty straight into the top bin. 18 times Leeds have beaten Cardiff. The head-to-head is Cardiff have beaten Leeds 29 times. Wow, the rest of the draws. That's interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is interesting. Right. Really? That's mad. Yeah, that is wow. mad. Right. What a stat. Get me a job. Good research this. Yeah, get me a job. I'm going to say, say, are you free Saturday afternoon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drop me a text. I'll come down. Uh, right, Jason, who is Wales's rugby union most capped player? Oh, this is bad. This is bad. I'm not going to give you Are you, you doing multiple choice? Nope, I'm just going to give you straight out. Alan Wynne-Jones. Didn't even think about it. He stuttered. Finished. Great there to the top bin. Well done. 158 caps for Wales. Yeah, well done, good. Jason. Don't doubt yourself. Right, Robert. What is the capacity of the Principality Stadium in Cardiff? Nearest thousand oh, will do. I'm going to go... I think it's in the 60s, I'm going to say. I've been there a few times under the roof and with the roof off. I'm going to say 62,000. He's gone for the penalty. He skied it into the into the stands. It's actually oh, 74,500. It's a gorgeous stadium in the Principality. Um, very good but yes two did referee you know once in the shadow of that when uh, back in the day when um, Wales well the Welsh Crusaders rugby league team used to play down there and oh yeah uh, they uh, refereed on the little pitch that used to be in the shadow of that anyway we digress let's crack on fantastic I saw Cole play there once it was very good Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jason okay how many times did Welshman Ray Reardon Win at the World Snooker Championship. A six that. or B three? Because I know you've done a bit of the snooker as well, Jason. I'm gonna go with. Oh wow, yeah. I'm gonna go with. Well, Davis won it five times. Henry won it seven, and then Ronnie went past that or went to seven, didn't he? Yeah. Three. He's blazed it over, Gareth Bale. He's missed it. He's hit the post. It's six oh, no. times. Don't say he won it six times. Six times. Oh, no. Since 1971. Six times. I used to walk past the role of honour at the Crucible for 10 years. I was going to say, well, I thought oh, I'd throw a, I'd throw a Welsh snooker question in because oh, you love the snooker. Welsh theatrical oh, one there. Crucible Theatre as well. Crucible Theatre, yeah, exactly. Good link. Right, Rob, it's 2 1 to Jason still. So a penalty for Rob. Since 2000, when the competition became the Six Nations, who has won the title the most? A England or B Wales? Since uh, the Six Nations, since two thousand, yeah, including the Five Nations, I yeah. would say Wales. England have been poor in that period. You've missed, Rob. It's over the bars. Yeah, England have won it seven times. Wales have won it six, so it's close. Now, the oh, interesting point tight. is, was tight. It was tight. England's of England's wins, only two of them have been Grand Slams. Wales of their six wins, four of those were Grand Slam. That's yeah. how impressive they've been. Yeah, because if you take England down, you're likely to get the Grand Slam in that yeah, situation. That's probably true. Right, Jace. In what year did Garant Thomas win the Tour de France? Oh, that was recent, wasn't it? That when I say recent, that was 
Would that have been 2018? Fantastic penalty. Top bins all day. Great goal. And he scored another. Only because I remember interviewing him at the end of the year. I was going to say. Like a show. Oh, amazing. Yeah. What was he like? Oh, wow. was, he, was he a nice guy? Yeah, but he was, he yeah nice, lovely, seems lovely, like a great guy, Garrett Thomas. Yeah. Lovely, lovely lad. Fantastic. Yeah. Right, Rob, I think you need both of these, mate. Oh. There have been a total of 72 Ashes series played throughout history. How many test matches have been played in Wales as part of one of those series? Well, I think that's quite a relatively new phenomenon. Uh, to play a game. In fact, has there only been one? I, I'm trying to think. It was only recently. Oh, maybe there must have been some maybe back in history. Of course, it's it's the England and Wales cricket board. You never get that yep. uh, said out loud, particularly. But oh, I'm going to. It's really low. I'm going to go three. You shouldn't have doubted yourself. It was just the once, Rob. Is it just the one? You were so close. You should have backed us up. Yeah, they played in Sophia Gardens at Cardiff in 2009. It's the only time they've played there. Yeah. I didn't hear you. Can we just do that question again? Sorry, I didn't quite hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, should we just Google it as well? (laughs) Okay, the last two questions, they're academic Uh, because Jason has indeed won the penalty shout. But Jason, I'll test your patriotism. How many verses of the Welsh national anthem are there? Versus. Yeah. Uh, there's only one. Incorrect, my friend. There's three, <laughs> including a chorus, oh. four of the whole hymn. Oh, no! Is that really? Yeah, yeah. Get reading, Jace. Come on. It's all right. I'm gonna I was, I... I'm gonna embarrass Rob now as well. Rob, how many verses don't ask me. how many verses of the English national anthem are there? <laughs> as a staunch Republican, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Right answer. There's five if anybody wanted to know. Okay, right. There you go. Jason Mohammed, three goals to one. Fantastic penalty shootout. Blue birds. Blue birds. Good. Blue birds. Very oh, good, well Jason. done. See, got the hoodoo over Leeds. Okay, well, we need to bring this to a close. There's just a few little stock little things we've got to do yes. from a housekeeping point of view. So from our bucket list, if you were going to supplement one there, Mm-hmm. Which what's not on there that you think? Come on, boys! I thought I was going to help you try and get to one of them. I thought that's oh, what we, I was doing. We love, well, yeah, that's we'd coming love you as well. To do that okay. as well. Can I get the list again? Have I got time to get the list up? Yes, yes. Hundred meter final, the yeah. French Open final, Roland Garros, the Masters golf last day, that Han and Calm downhill in Kitzbühel. That's uh, that's for me. The England cricket tour to the West Indies, the Oof. British Lions rugby tour to New Zealand. We went for Cheltenham Gold Cup, the Palio in Siena the pro Kabaddi league final in India and uh, Barcelona, Madrid, El Clasico. In well, the that was Camp the one Lube. I was thinking of. Oh, I, yeah. I, I've not been to that and I want to go to that. So I was thinking, can I help you get there? Yes. Because yes. I'm not going to go on my own, right? No. So the three of us can go and we can record a special podcast, right? Yes. Yes. You know what it's I mean? happening, yes. ladies and gentlemen. So, it's happening. <laughs> but also, but also, I've got a mate who lives in Barcelona who yes. tells me that you know, we, we, we might be able to get tickets. Yes. This is good. Oh, my God. We've all lost our minds. I thought, I thought that's why I was, I was coming on. That so is why you're That's why you're here, Jason. I, I've, I've never done that. There's a couple you mentioned there, which I've seen. I saw the 100 metres and the 200 metre final in 2012. Wow. Bolt went, bolt oh, won, bolt. Wow. Yes. Out of the ball, that's, I want to I wanna help you guys get there. Yes, but I'm coming Jason. with you. Yes, Jason. Right? Yes, that's okay, how I'm just that's trying to deal. I tell, you what, I tell you what's not on there, lads. And I know it's a bit kind of close to home, but there's no Wills, England... Millennium Stadium, Stroke Principality Stadium, Six Nations game. Yeah, no, I mean, we could do. You know, that. you think Cardiff City Leeds United is pretty kind of, <laughs> you know, atmospheric, shall we say? Yes. But there's heavy amounts of beer involved. 
There's chips down Caroline Street for curry and chips half and half, world famous, Perfect. afterwards at about five in the morning. Oh. And it's one of the all-time arch enemy classic games. I know oh. you're not a rugby man. But I don't man, care. Those this chips. This is an opportunity to convert you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Chips sound amazing. They did well, it. Well, that's our prelude. That's exactly. our test event, Jason. We'll yeah, get to that okay. one as our test okay. event to build right, us up to. Go. Perfect. To El there you go. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Amazing. So, final question. We'd like to welcome you into stage door athletic, and you're, uh, we'd like you to take up a role in the club. We have a we have a masseuse and sports therapist. Yeah. We've got a chief scout. We've got a water boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where would you? What position would you like to mm. to take up in stage door athletic? Given your striking prowess, it could be the rounders coach for our development team. Yeah. You know. Well, you, you, you know. Well, Obvious one, guys. Do you have a press officer? There we go. We don't, no. You know, you need a press officer, officer, right? Someone who knows the game, right? Who do you trust? Which members of the media do you trust? I know all the rascals. I know the good ones. I know the bad ones. I know the ugly ones. I know loads of ugly ones. So you need a good press officer, right? And you can submit our under nines reports, you know, into the local rag on the (laughs) weekend. That'd be great. I can do that. That's how I actually started. You're not going to believe that, Rob, beginning, (laughs) middle and end. You guys are born journalists because that's, again, the first time I saw my name written down, I used to do the cricket match reports for the local paper. So I'd have all these scorecards sent to me where I lived when I was a kid, and I would have to turn them into a cricket match report. That, genuinely, that's a, honestly, can't believe that. We've gone beginning, middle, and end. We did our research, mate. We did our research, obviously. Of course you did. Of course <laughs> you did. It's like a fine West End show. Exactly, this man. Exactly, my friend. <laughs> the narrative is all there. Oh, amazing. And as the curtain falls, let us oh, say a darling. huge Perfect. thank you to <laughs> thank you. Thank you so Jason much, You've been absolutely amazing. Absolutely thank hero. you, guys. I've loved it. Loads of love, thank buddy. Thank you very much. Amazing. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Jack, and thanks to producer James. <laughs> who's, who's sporting a very motty look, isn't he? He is, actually. Uh, yeah, he, is. he looks like, different. yeah, yeah. He looks yes. like he's doing Mexico 86 in that flowery shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much, Jason. Much love. Well, that's full time on another Stage Door Athletic pod. Thanks for listening. Make sure to look out for Encores with bonus pod episodes where we talk about all sorts from awful advert auditions to top transfers. And stay in touch. Meet other club members and share your best sporting moments on Instagram at Stage Door Athletic. And on TikTok at Stage Door Athletic as well. Right, we're off to the clubhouse for a pint. I'm in. Mean.